everybody? It's your boy JK. Today is Thursday, so you already know what it is. It's Tackle Thursday with JK live on IG, and I'm recording from a YouTube channel, which you can go subscribe to after this episode, Jeremy Kellum, and I'm recording for the podcast platforms, Anchor, Spotify, all right? Make sure y'all, Apple Podcasts, make sure y'all subscribe to the podcast. Got a lot of dope episodes. A lot of them with me, just by myself. A lot of them with some amazing guests. And today, I got another special guest. My guest for today hails from Pompano, exit 36. If you went to Deerfield Beach High School, then you know him as your boy Nick D. If you went to Deerfield Beach High School, then you know him as the writer of the FCAT song. And if you went to Bethune-Cookman University, BCU, then you know him as an amazing wildcat. And if you me, nah, forget me right now. If you enter in the mental health field, psychology, the mind, then you know him as the CEO, the creator, the founder of Mind Body One. And if you me, if you me, you go all the way back to 2003 when we was in freshman class. We was both in a band. We thought we was in drum line, playing the trombone. Man, we go way back. He was number 19. I was number 20 for yours truly, Denver Beach High School. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome my special guest, Nick Davenport. All right, yo. Nick, That's I see quite you the now. Introduction. That was quite the introduction. Hey, <laughs> hey, so, hey, we ready now. We ready. Hey, so, boy, Nick D, man. Nick D, Nicholas Davenport on the show, <laughs> man. Hey, it's been a long time coming, Nick. Long, long, long time coming, man. And so, you know, uh, I know many people on the show that's watching or will watch this may know you, um, but but some may not know you, man. Um, so so go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Tell them who you are, what you do, where you're from. Uh, go ahead and give your whole intro, dog. Who am I? Take it back to 2002. You remember the rest of that song, Petey yeah, Pablo. Yeah. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Petey Pablo. My name is Nicholas Davenport, or like J.K. said, Nick D for short. I don't know. You probably one of the first persons to call me that, I think. I don't know if you started it, but you definitely weren't the first person to call me it, though. But anyway, uh, my background, like you said, mental health, mental performance, anything brain, mind related is, is my thing. Like, I have expertise from the sport performance side of mental performance, from the military tactical education i was a teacher for about six seven years from the grade school all the way to college level i've written research uh I've, I've been fortunate enough to dabble in a lot of different things as an athlete as an entrepreneur as a teacher as a father so and jk he's been on this road i've seen his journey from the the uh arena football days to becoming a speaker to becoming a father a businessman everything so we coordinated our journeys side by side and we're both trying to make it happen so and we're both media personalities so and it, let's give a shout out to different beach high communications program we got to give them props because we both use a lot of those skills still today i know i do i know you do so we got to represent dhs communications program for sure now, hey now for sure bro hey so i i never did that right publicly but I, shout out to <laughs> Dillville beach high school communication broadcasting arts program because like you said we we in there we in radio we was we was in journalism 
We was uh we was in uh your video book. yearbook. Video yo yearbook. We was in all that, man, and and, and it's crazy. And that's why I like even when I talk to kids now, I mean you a teacher. You was a teacher before I was, bro. So I'm just following <laughs> yeah. in your footsteps, you know what I'm saying? But it's crazy to to when we talk to kids now to let them know, like, yo, find out what you wanna do right now. Like start thinking about that because skills you gain along the way. You can use them 10, 15, we graduated 07, bro. I know we're showing our age. 15 you know, years. Hey, I know we don't look like it, but we graduated 07. 15 years. <laughs> and 15 years later, bro, we using skills that we got and received uh, in high school, bro. So so, so salute to you on that, man. And, and one, I, I want to say thank you, bro. Thank you for coming on the show. Hey, it's a long time coming. Like, hey. ain't gonna lie. I was like, why haven't I asked this man about coming on this show? And like, hey. I think you put it out there. But I've been thinking about like asking you, but you made yeah. the move and said, hey, come on the show. And I'm nah, like, nah. I've been meeting for like a year to ask you, like, hey, I want to come on, man. <laughs> bro, all you had to do was just ask, bro. All you had to do, you already know how it is, man. Like you say, man, we we really been a, um, along each other's journey, um, you know, since day one, man, really. Since we really, like ninth grade, we've been, you number 19, I'm number 20. Um, man, from ninth grade, you was in my wedding. Uh, I remember when you you found out that you uh was about to be a father. You're like, man, little lady. Yeah, you're the first. Yeah, you're the first person I told. Hey, so you know, man. So we 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 go way back, man. And and um, anytime I have a guest, man. So one, I want to thank you for coming on to the show, man. I really appreciate it, man. And anytime I have a guest on, man, I you know, it, but anytime I had a show, we tackle topics, right? Playing football. So we both used to tackle people, right? And, <laughs> Literally. Right, yeah, yeah, we both, right? And uh, um, we both used to tackle people, and now we tackle diff- we tackle tough issues. And a lot of issues you talk, you tackle deal with the brain, deal with the mind, mindset, mental health. And, uh, and so when I knew that you was coming on, I'm starting to think like, okay, what, what could we talk about? What, what could be the title? And so the title... That what we're tackling today is the power of the mind, right? The power of the mind. And so when you hear that title, tackling the topic, the power of the mind, what, what comes to mind, bro? Like, what comes to mind? The power of the mind, it, it, it sounds cliche, but it's true. The mind literally is what precedes everything we do. And I know me, people get that in a general sense, and we talked about this a little before the, the actual um, podcast. But people get it in a general sense, but my job is like, how do we make that come to life? How do we really train the mind, whether it be from a mental health aspect, how we are day to day? How do we get better in our emotions, on our, our reaction to our environment? Because at the end of the day, we are the only ones who live through these these two spaces between the ears, that brain's right here. And it's like, how do you get better? And a lot of times people think it's just a, a one size fits all, or maybe it's just you either have it or you don't. I've actually seen this with some of my clientele. And it's ironic that they will hire me and they think that you either have it or you don't. And that's not true. It's just like fitness. Like, yes, there's people who are faster from birth, stronger from birth, bigger from birth, but they also get stronger. And just like people who's weaker or smaller, they can get faster, stronger too. And the same thing with mental performance, you can build that just like any other skill. And I guess this narrative that you have it or you don't, or it's just set in stone, it needs to stop. That's a stigma that is just, you either messed up and this is just your life. And we know that's not true. And there's science that backs this. I've seen it from my real life experience. I've lived it from my real personal experience. So that's my real message when you say the power of the mind is that we have the ability 
to reshape and train just like we would do with a muscle. I always use, what's my screen name, right? Mr. Mental Muscle. It's been yeah. for a decade. That's not a coincidence because just like a muscle, the brain is not a muscle, but it adapts like one. If you don't work out for six months to a year, you're going to get weaker. Your muscles get smaller. You're going to gain weight. And same thing with your brain. Those connections. And that's a whole other side we'll get into, I guess, at some point during this. That there's yeah. actual physical connections that can make you sad or make you more depressed. And vice versa, that can make you more upbeat, more lively. So it's just a whole combination of how do you approach just your well-being, your life, your mental disposition. And let's work on that. That's literally what my mission is with my company. So when you talk about... You said that mentally, that we could we could be at a level mentally at one point of our lives, and that there are connections that we can exercise and work. The brain is not a muscle, but it has muscle reactions, things like of that nature. That I can work, work, work my brain to to develop mental toughness and, and a stronger mindset to one day become clutch in a sense, or not afraid to take that last shot. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Is that accurate? That's that's exactly what it is because. You said the connection. So when you think about it, the brain is made up of billions, not millions, billions with a B, of neurons. Neurons are brain cells that send signals. So the funny thing about, like, to get on and talk about off top at the same time is that we talk about mental things as it's like this magical, mystical thing that just happens. Like, no, there's actual electrical signals. These neurons fire, and they connect to each other and communicate like a network. Think like a computer sends signals through the air, the, the message, friends, and texts, or emails, whatever. It's the same premise, but for you, it's for your body's motion, whether it be your heartbeat, whether it be your contracting your muscle to lift the weight, whether it be the run, whether it be the brush your teeth. So all these connections have to fire, literally fire. That's the term we use in neuroscience yeah. and psychology. They say neurons that fire together, wire together. So the more they fire, the stronger that connection gets. And the less they fire, the weaker that connection gets. So let's use a, a very vague example. Let's say... Uh, you're an artist or used to like to draw. If you were drawing all the time and say sixth, seventh grade, you, you look great. You could draw anything by just looking at it. If yeah. you don't use that, say from seventh grade, I'm kind of using myself because I used to be a very good artist. So before I met you, I actually was very good at drawing. But <laughs> yeah. I didn't really use it. So let's go from seventh grade, 2002, uh, 03, to now, that's that's 20 years almost. Yeah. So it's safe to say that I can still draw. Obviously. Those neurons are still there, but if, since I haven't used them, they're weaker now. But let's transfer that concept to mental health, say depression, anxiety, uh, or even on the other side, confidence. Mm -hmm. The more you have depression, guess what? The neurons say, hey, let's get stronger. He or she needs to feel this more. It must be relevant because your brain, I use the term, is amoral. As humans, it's kind of complex to get into that. But for the most part, our brain is just a reciprocation of what we choose to do. So if we're a bad person or a depressed person or a happy person, it's just a combination of all the times we've done things that are good or done things that are depressing yeah. or done things that are uh, bad. So okay, if you okay. train that more and more, one second, my camera's so if you train that more and more, guess what? Your brain gets better at that. It's not that you're good or bad. Obviously, there's 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 us. That's where the emotions come in. You do yeah. have choices. I'm not dismissing that because there's some people who will neglect that and be like, no, it's just a matter of wiring. Like, no, nah, we're humans. We have actual choice in our matters. But the thing is, we get more... Uh, better way to phrase it, our default mode becomes whatever that disposition is, whether it be depression, whether it be mm. high worry and high anxiety, whether it be happy-go-lucky, whether it be a lover or emotional. So if you, you get used to that, your default mode is, let's go to that when things hit the fan, 
that's what you're going to do. So that's why with my training to get into that kind of, we try to put you in states where I kind of have to put you in that default mode and see how you act. That way I know that, okay, when he or she's in this, this stressful state or this anxious state, they're going to default to this lesser performing level. And if we can okay. replicate that just like a physical skill, yeah. you can know yeah. that he or she can execute that consistently and they can do it in the real world. And that's really the premise of all this. Man. Hey, that was a lot right there, bro. I think y'all, that's, that's, that's the show right there. <laughs> nah, but, uh, hey, so that is so powerful. So you saying, and that's why even I think, like, we got young kids, right? Uh, and so why even more so it's so important with our kids to ensure that we create a consistent, um, peaceful place, environment, it sounds like, because whatever their default state or default emotion is, like you said, that is what they would go to. That would be their go-to. Mm -hmm. So like you said, if it's happy-go-lucky, then nine times out of ten, they'll be happy-go-lucky. Um, if we create an environment for our kids and mold them in depression and sadness and, 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 and we talk down and beat down on them verbally, then that could become their default uh, emotional state, man. That that is that is crazy, man, and powerful and helpful at the same time, man. Um, so I, I, you know, I like to start from the beginning and then get to where you are. But since we kind of already where we are, man, uh, and then I go back toward you know as we go. Um, but I want to get on my body one, man. It's on your shirt. Um, <laughs> that's your company, man. Um, and to be honest, bro, you was probably like. One of the first entrepreneurs I know, the the the, oh. the first one of the first entrepreneurs that I was like, I seen say, "Hey, look, I'm about to do this." You like, "Hey, Jay, man, I got a gym. I'm training people." Da, 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 da. Um, so, I hey, can I stop you right there? Can I yeah, stop you right there? I if you want to be if you want to be technical, the gym wasn't my first endeavor. It was okay. more so the music. When you think okay. about it. Hey, go ahead, Nick D. Let me hit a rapper. Go ahead. Because <laughs> I ain't been that in a minute. I, but yeah, yeah. But let's be real though. Let's remember SNL with Money Mike. Shouts out to Mike McLean, and that's Money a mutual Mike. friend. Yeah. Shouts out to Jason Stevens, mutual yeah. friend. Maddie yeah. Matt, friend and teammate, and yeah. uh, the Greg, whole crew and hey, everyone I else. Like I was like y'all A and R person. I was there. You, like, hey, bro, this, you know, hey, this key word. Dope. Hey, I was like, hey, this dope. Uh, I was y'all. Hey, I was hyping y'all up in that thing. But hey, yeah, go you ahead. Were. You were. You, you, you was there when we recorded. You were yeah, there when we yeah. recorded. You were on the, the like at school. All right, so your first, so your first entrepreneur endeavor, right? Because like I say, man, like you was ahead of the game, our age, um, like investing in, hey, I'm gonna do this and, and and startup and stuff. So talk about that a little bit, man. Like what went into your entrepreneur spirit? Like I, the reason I bring the music up not even to be funny, but I have to because it sets the foundation for all of this. Like low key, everything I did with my rap career and producing career led up to what mind body one would become today yeah, so but basically uh going back to that so it's like i was doing that with my or not my body one snm with jason and mike and them and maddie matt and it's like buying those mics i'm a high school kid i don't make no yeah. money so saving up for a 150 dollar mic was like a life savings type of move that's the equivalent to us right now as adults buying like a new car you have to have this equipment like this mic right here like, looking back on it, like, this mic is way more expensive than that mic. And it's like, we we were doing all what we're doing. So that, that like, 
mindset of I knew that it takes money to make money. That, I guess that's what I'm getting at. So yeah, I knew that I had to put in money to do it. Now, granted, I didn't know how we were going to make money. That's the bad side of that. I didn't know how to make money. <laughs> so what you just did, I could turn this into a mental training lesson. We call that in the industry cognitive flexibility. So I was yeah, going to and it's good to go now. And you were able to shift your your environmental factors, which was me not having my stand working right. And then use that time to do a little intermission. And on the fly, you said, hey, just tune in, fill in. I'm hearing everything you know, I was over there. So it's like we're able to shift. And that's something called cognitive flexibility. So that's a that's basically a fasting work for being able to shift your focus and revamp under pressure. And you just demonstrate that skill very well. And that's something I actually teach and, and promote in my business and my, my trainings and whatnot. So it's just how we, I just tied that into there because yeah, yeah. Like, but it's like you just did that because some people might have been like, oh, man, all right, I just sit here and yeah. then wait too long while I fix it. But no, he's like, no, I'm going to fill this void. And going to your athletic career, what do you have to do when you're playing DB? One of the most, I would say, if you use the term kind of flexibility, that's probably one of the most positions you have to most be kindly flexible. You have to change sure. up. Because I didn't play to the level you played it, but I understand that what it takes that you can't wait on anything. You have to really be ahead of what the person in front of you is about to do, whether it's the quarterback, whether it's the running back, whether it's the, the tight end, whoever it is, you got to be aware of sometimes all of that. So it's like you just definitely. Say, definitely say that your career and vice versa, your abilities as a person fed into that as a career and vice versa, your career at that high level made you better as a performer. And so that's why I love this stuff because it, it's all mental. At the end of the day, it all yeah. comes back to the process and the mindset, how you approach things. Yeah. Nah, definitely for sure, man. So, so now, so you said the first investment as an entrepreneur was was uh, the, the music. Hundred fifty dollars from Samsung. The, mic not the microphone. Sam Ash. Sam Ash. Okay. And so yeah. now we're we're sixteen. We're fifteen, fifteen, sixteen years old. And so when we get out of school, obviously we go to college and we'll visit all that. Um, but after college, right, we about twenty two, twenty you invest in training, right? So we we know you got my body one, uh, mentor, uh, Mr. Mental Muscle Fitness, right? So talk about that, man. As an entrepreneur, like what caused you to go into that field, and um, what advice would you give a younger duck? Because I target younger ducks with, with with this podcast, and what advice would you give younger ducks who are at that point where they're like, man, I'm about to jump. I'm about to leap. I'm about to start my own company, my own business, something I'm passionate about. Talk to them a little bit. Yeah, so the thing with that is, like, coming out of college, like, I had a lackluster collegiate career. I was a football player, a track athlete, and a baseball player. And it's like, slowly but surely, each one dropped off. First with the baseball. I won't say names, but I had to stop playing that. Because yep. cheap. And then when football got chipped away from that. So now I'm just doing track. And by the time I was a senior at Bethune, the great Bethune Cookman Hill Wildcats, and I was like, okay, this is where my athletic career is, and I was fine with it. That's the thing. Unlike probably, I would say, I don't know the percentage, but a decent amount of athletes. That's 95%. Started. I was going to say 90, but I, okay, I'll go with you. Yeah. All right. That transition is not easy. For me, it wasn't easy, but it wasn't hard. When I say that, I mean, I was able to say, okay, Sports is not my thing no more. And I was fortunate enough, my parents blessed enough to teach me at a young age that I had other gifts. Now, I know a lot of guys, especially young black men, aren't told this a lot. But I was told a lot as a young kid that I had other things I was good at. And I knew it. So 
you met me at a pretty young age. I was 14. So it's like, yeah. dude, going into high school, I mean, if sports didn't work out, I was a smart kid. I, I didn't always get the best grades, but I, I think outside the box. So I knew I would be okay. But not every young man, especially young black man, gets that. Tell them, they told, hey, you can catch the ball, go into the league, or you can run fast, whatever. So going back to 2020, uh, 2012, or 2011 when I graduated, I didn't really know what to do because I always had an entrepreneurial mindset. In college, I was selling CDs. I was networking, making connects with DJs. And like I said, those music skills, even though I don't talk about, most people don't know me post-2016 or not, nah, yeah. 2014. They don't have any idea I did music. That's crazy, right? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. I know, so, yeah. So basically, those skills, networking, knocking on doors. I remember I went around all the day talking with my friend Harold Rose, who was like the older kid on the track team, who was a junior on the freshman, and we would go around the beach side of Daytona Beach, just walking around, handing out flyers with my mixtape or CDs, and I'm just talking to strangers. And the reason I bring this up, because now, fast forward to 2022, those same skills, just like our, our communication broadcasting skills, are still there. So fresh out of college, I worked at Sears Auto, Selling car services. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I nothing to do that. with psychology. Nothing to do with sport. Nothing to do with fitness. So while I was doing that, my mindset was, Nate, there's more to this for you than this. Everyone else around me was like, hey, this is good money, blah, blah, blah. And you could make good money if that's what you truly want to do. I didn't make the best money. I made okay money because I was a sales rep. I'm the guy who said, hey, you need brakes. You need tires. Yeah. $300,000. Whatever. So I knew that wasn't my life. So I was yeah. like, no. To figure out what's next. So I, I enrolled at Barry University and started doing mental health uh, counseling to be a therapist. Because as a psychology major, my logic was, if you do psychology, you need to be a therapist. But the thing is, most teachers, I hate to say it, don't really give you the bigger view of how much is in this industry. And now I'm fortunate enough to give back because I have a professor at uh, George Washington University that brings yeah. me in for the last three years now. That's what's up. students of the diversity of this industry. Because I didn't have that. So I thought, Psychology, be a therapist, right? And the people at home, you probably, it's like, wait, there's other jobs in psychology than therapy? Exactly, right? So I'm like, I guess I'll be a therapist. So this lady, I'm all over the place, but it's all going to make sense. Her name's Nicole <laughs> Lewis. I ain't talked to her since. I yes. talk, but I don't think she's very active on social media. But Nicole yeah. Lewis, she said something to me that literally, she don't know it, set the, the fire that would blaze to become what we now know as Mind Body One. So Nicola Lewis was in my class. She said, hey, you're a former athlete. You're doing therapy. You probably would like sports psychology. And I'm like, what's that? Mm. Now, mind you, a lifelong athlete since I was a little boy all the way to college. It was yeah. a psych. How do I not know what sports psychology is? I didn't. And it just goes to show you how people don't really tell you how diverse this industry is. So she yeah. said, you but there's no money in it. You know what I heard? I want to do that. Who cares about the money? That's what I heard. So I immediately yeah. shifted my <laughs> I shifted my major to sports psychology next semester. Then my first semester, I'm loving it. So we're probably like in September, October. So a few things would happen. Uh, a few months in to that semester, I get in a car accident. I was fortunately be okay, but the car was totaled, so I have no yeah. car. And then I'll find out I'll be a father. So. Guess what? School yeah, put on the back burner. So that was twenty thirteen. So from that point, from twenty thirteen to twenty fifteen, is working as a teacher as a sub first, then an interim, then I a full time teacher. So in that two three yeah. year period, what I was doing, but I was still doing fitness on the side. This is where you were coming down every off season 
work with yes. me, whether at Patrick Anderson's place or um, yeah. at small warehouse facilities I had. I had one in Pompano, I had one in Boca. You, you've been to almost all of them, except I think this yeah. one. Yeah. Now you come, got to come through this one where I'm at right now. But basically, that side hustle to try to get some extra income with my other skill sets was cool, but it's like, I need to feed my family, but then I would get laid off in 2015 from Pompano Beach Middle. I'll say the name because I've been out this, what, 2015 or 2014, so <laughs> it is now. It's whatever. But adult. Yeah, so basically when I got laid off from them, I just had Tiana. She was three months old at the time. And my former significant other, she, you know, she wasn't built for that. It's no hard feelings, but she wasn't built for that. It was hard. Think about it. I went from 40 some thousand years to zero. So I yeah. got a job. And this is when I said, you know what? Mental, uh, mental muscle fitness is no more. It's now mental muscle performance. Oh, you thought I was going to say mom by the one. Not yet. So uh, yeah, I thought, hey, that's what I thought you were about to go through. Hey, I'm you know, a storyteller. Hey, story right? You're a storyteller. So, go ahead, bro. So mental muscle performance, the vision with that was I'm going to do sports psych stuff because I, I was going to start back going to finish my degree in sports psych and I end up finishing that in my master's and then I would adults helping with performance issues and remember we were working with um Pat Peterson I was doing this stuff with them it was low-key what I'm doing now but it was a remnant of it so basically that was the vision okay I'm gonna build the fitness side I'm gonna have the mental side and the mental muscle won't be fitness no more it's mental muscle performance because performance means anything that could be a date yeah. that could be a game that could be school ballet yeah. whatever so that was a vision. So 2015. So I still got to eat though. So I get a job at Target overnight from 2 a.m. to 8 a.m. So I'm unloading trucks and I'm in a toy aisle. And the reason I bring this up because it's just like the toy aisle is a very hard aisle to stop because it's a lot of them. There's a lot of aisles. The kids. Yeah. Um, they mess, uh, yeah. I don't work. So I'm lifting heavy boxes to load up the pallets and put them upstairs. And they put every toy on the shelf. So shout out to the people who stop. But anyway, everyone who does stock, they, we can listen to music or whatever because it's overnight. So me, I'm not listening to music. I'm listening to ebooks on psychology, uh, mental toughness, business, uh, neuroscience, and some of my coworkers are like, hey, Nick D, what you jamming to? That new Jeezy? I'm like, nah. I'm talking to, I'm listening to the, the motivational tendencies of high performing <laughs> athletes. <laughs> All right, yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, do your thing, bro. So yeah. during that time where what mind body one would come to be would start formulate because as I'm listening to these ebooks, I'm like, I gotta change the vision of where this industry is going. Cause I saw fitness and I, I'm gonna toot my horn. I called it. I saw where it was going with social media. Remember, this is 2013, 2015. Yeah, yeah. I, it went back. Social media just, went, Instagram went, really just got started. Exactly. So it wasn't 2012, really 11. So I started yeah. seeing influencers blowing up. I'm like, this ain't what the industry's supposed to be. I'm out of it. And you, the funny thing, I'm telling you this, but you were here for this. So I'm like, yeah. I'm away from the fitness slowly, but surely, but I kept doing it because it is revenue. And as a business yeah. or entrepreneurs, you can't you can't have just one revenue stream for your business. You have yeah. to have minimum two to three. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah. You just have the, the person to person or as they call B to C, the business to client. So take out your notepads if you don't know this stuff. I've I've learned this over the years through trial and error. So B to C, the business to client. That's what most services are. Now, that model works because it's directly say, I got a service, whether it's washing your clothes, washing your car making your food, whatever. It's yeah. the client. But B2C can only go so far because you know why? It requires you. You, you can yeah. 
everywhere, right? And even if you have a staff of 20 people, they can't be everywhere. So B2C is a great revenue stream because it's direct. You do a service, they get it. But I started learning more during B2B, which is business to business. So I'm like, okay, how do I serve other businesses? So I'm like, I could teach them my methods or I could train their clients as a like an incentive to them to sell for whatever yeah. price and they pay me the back end. So let's say I want $200 for the session. They charge $350. They make $150. I do the work. I do what I want. And we all eat. So that's business. Yeah. That model is important to have. And I learned this like say, trial and error because for the longest, I would just be to see business to client, which is cool if you can grind it out. But eventually... Serving clients is not saying you're going to want to not do it, but it's eventually going to just burn you out. And I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm a great, but eventually it was just too much. So B2B is very important. So all aspire entrepreneurs, that revenue stream is important. So basically those two models can look a lot of different ways. So what MindBodyOne hasn't become a thing yet. So I'm working at Target. So this is a pinnacle of what will make MindBodyOne become a thing. So I'm finishing my master's online now. So I'm, I'm about halfway through the program. I had a project where we had to do a corporate wellness program. So since I'm working at Target, I'm loading these trucks in the stocking. So yeah. what better you do have a choice? You can make up a fictional like profile for a company or use your real job. So I use my real job. I wrote it out. I gave it to my man. We called him Big Mike. He was about 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, and we had another guy named Little Mike who was smaller. So Big Mike. <laughs> give it to Big Mike. Not that Big Mike. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I give him the, the... He's like, this is good. We can use this. So we go to the store manager. I forget her name. Let's call her Ashley, whatever. So yeah. her, Big Mike's like, hey, this got some. So mind you, I've been working overnight for the past like four or five months after I got laid off from my teaching job. I'm trying to make some side money with my mental muscle performance. I'm doing fitness. I'm doing mental coaching. But yeah. it ain't possible. Learning how to grow the business. I'm learning psychology. So I'm trying to be the best. Mind you, this is almost 10 years ago. So all the people who don't know, this is not overnight. And those who do know me, I came a long way. But anyway, yeah. so... I chose Ashley. I, I remember her name. I do, but I'm not going to use it. So <laughs> Ashley was like, oh, oh, cool. And handed it back. At that very moment, I said, you know what? I'm done. I applied for 56 teaching jobs, zero hires. I worked at Target trying to support my, my family at the time. They didn't appreciate me. So I said, you know what? Was that, that Chris Brown song? Hey, deuces. Cut the deuces. Hey, deuces. And I ain't going to lie. Two o'clock the next day came, alarm going off, or one thirty-five, because I live right down the street from this is Target on uh, Federal by Deerfield High. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I ain't going. I turned back over. Went to sleep. No, I set two alarms. So the second one off is like one fifty. I'm like, so my ex, my baby mother, so she was like, are you going to work? And I'm like, nah. And yeah. she's like, obviously, she didn't want to hear. That, that's why I don't blame her. Like, who wants to hear? This mother freaker ain't going to go to work. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> At that moment, I knew I was just a body there, but not a two-mile horn. But I'm going to it because I worked my butt off to get here. No, you was bad. Hey, talk that talk, me. I, I wasn't valued. So I went from school board and value, 56 no's. You know how that feels. You've done it with high school sports. You've done it with your pro career. You've done it with your business. Sure. Nope. Sure. Good. It don't. I can, I can tolerate it, but it, I got sick of hearing no. So I said, this is the school board. I said, deuces the target. And I actually apologized to that, that Ashley girl months later. I went up to her, yeah. I'm going to get done, and I'm like, you know what? I was wrong for that. She, she appreciated it, but I knew she didn't care because yeah. Yeah, I was just a body. Because guess what? $10 an hour, they found somebody else. And it wasn't yeah. even about the fact that when I looked her in the eye and gave her that I put my hard work in making this program, 
for us to actually use it. My manager liked it. And she just said, oh, yeah. oh. And then back, I knew I'm like, why am I here? $10, like, money-wise, definitely not my value. But this, yeah. I'm strong. Like, I'm not as strong as I used to be. Like, you know me, I yeah. used to squat 500, deadlift 580. Yeah. I was very strong. I want to be used for that. We're athletes, but we're both fortunate enough. We have the intellect that we could take this further. So I'm like, sure, sure. as an entrepreneur, anyone who's aspired to be an entrepreneur, remember that. It's not about being egotistical. And I'm not saying quit your job. I'm not saying yeah. that. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in a predicament where I got laid off. So I kind of had to hustle and grind. But if you have a job, keep that job until your your current hustle or hobby or side, whatever it is right now, becomes, I would say, six to eight months worth of revenue to support. Then you can leave your job. And I'm saying this from time and error because I lived it. Because I did it the wrong way before. You you were there for that one time. That was yeah. the first time. So I did it the wrong way. I didn't have anything to say. I was good month to month. But now it's like, okay, no better, Nick. And I'm still learning. I'm, I'm not perfect. But basically, that was the, the step out to say, you know what? School board don't see my value. Target danger didn't see my value. So that's where mental most performance like, okay, I got to make this be something. So I took a job through me, not mental muscle performance. And I said, okay, I'm going to do this job. It was assistant to a psychologist named Dr. Rick Harris. I haven't talked to him since 2017. But Rick yeah. Harris, he he gave me the, the tools. So Nicole Lewis set the fire for Mind Body One, but Dr. Mm-hmm. Harris gave me the tools to make it become. So this one is very integral because people talk about being in business. One thing I'll preach that I will not deny, some people might say, you don't have to do this. I'm going to say you should do this. Learn from someone who's already doing similar things that you're doing. I don't care how high your credentials, because I had a master's degree. And I was still learning from this guy like I was a, a, a undergrad or even a yeah. uh, right. Now I'm getting yeah. paid. I'm learning how to do psychology intakes, how to do brain scans with an EEG headset, which is how we read brain waves. I'm learning how to do that. I'm working with addiction populations, clinical, right? So I'm getting all this for about eleven dollars an hour. And he even said, "Nick, you really want this job? You got a master's degree in sports psychology, but you want to do an eleven dollar hour job?" I said. I want to learn this stuff. So I did that job for one year, working with addictions patients. I learned so much. And then he gave me an opportunity. He said, hey, you have a master's. Maybe we can use that. I want you to make a group. We're going to call it the Mind-Body Connection. He said, write me a little proposal. I wrote him like a two-page proposal. Yeah. And I said, the group's going to be mental training, like skills, like psychology stuff, like mindset, motivation, goal setting, self-talk. But half of it will be physical where we integrate thinking and moving. Now you see it's starting to look familiar now. Now he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. like what doing yeah, now. It's coming out. It's coming out together. And we're in 2015, mind you. So we're only like yeah. two years, not even a year and a half post, um, laid off from Pompano Middle. Yeah. So that's significant. Like the story is crazy. Like if I get a biopic, I talked to one of my friends, Dante. He's like, we gotta get uh, Michael B. Jordan. I want him to play me. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think he'd be good. Hey. No, like, no, no. no. For sure, for sure. So, you know, but, I think, I think the whole. No, go ahead. I ain't gonna, go ahead. No, I, was, I was wrapping up like to get to like. Okay, now we're here. Here's the business. But what you gotta say? Uh, no, no, no. I, I was saying that just that journey. Um, and what I want, you know, saying the viewers and listeners, especially my young adults out there, man, that that I'm targeting, um, just to know how much time it really be taken to get to a certain level. And I think if I know for myself, like I just heard uh, Rick Ross say this. 
He said, man, it really take about 10 years to really get the brand, develop a brand. He didn't yeah. say to develop a million dollar brand. He didn't say to develop a billion. He said just to develop a brand. And so I started to think, I'm like, dang. I'm like, man, I, I, and I've been speaking for, you know, since we, we've been on each other, but, but 2013, similar to your story, somebody sparked that fire when they spoke into my life and said, I see your passion. And I mean, you was there when I was like, yo, I'm about to take speaking, you know, serious. We were talking about a whole bunch of different stuff, bro. So it's crazy how we was, when our visions or when our commitment to, to pursuing excellence in a specific career, when it, when it jumped off, how we both were kind of right there. And, uh, I started to count my years. I'm like 2013. I'm like, dang, I've been doing this, pursuing this professional speaking career about nine, 10 years. And, and now people are, oh man, that's, oh, you do win. Don't you got come win? Um, you know, you do this. And so it's, it's, it's crazy, man. So to hear that, to see how well you're doing. Um, and, and now we're at my body one. Right. And, uh, and so man, uh, tell, tell the people, man, like, like what you do. I know they see lights and they see, uh, colors, <laughs> things. Um, but, but, but tell us like what you do dog. So, yeah. So if I put it in a nutshell, I take your performance from a mental standpoint. How do you handle pressure? How do you handle stress? How do you react, make decisions? And I create either drills, tasks, or programs where I manipulate and make it harder, make it more intense, and see how you act in those situations with these drills, and I measure it and can say, this is where you perform, and how do we progress? So from the nutshell of it, is taking that ability to adapt to stress, handle pressure, perform consistently as possible, keyword, as possible. You're not going to be consistent every time, but I want to be able to can you do it as consistent as possible. Now, how does that look? So we mentioned some of the drills, like with the Fit Light system. I worked with that company for about five years now and everyone thinks I own it or something but that's funny because we're synonymous our logos even are similar so it's like I have a close relationship with them but those drills the reason they, they use different cues so where it's the light the color or the iPad screens these are different mental tasks where for memory decision making and that coordination so I'm using those techniques to tweak how you handle stress now it looks gamified and that's the cool part about it, it, it it's fun to do but on the yeah. outside of it, you're not doing the actual task I teach actual mental skills, which means your mindset on how to accommodate and adapt because I have clients from little kids all the way to world-class athletes, and I'll see them do the task. I'm like, okay, how about this? Before you go in, I want you to picture whatever mistake you made, I want you to see it as a fire. Now, follow me. Like, this is actual technique. It's called error parking. So those at home can use this with your athletes. You can use it with anything. So the goal is to take mistakes and reframe them and make okay. them less. So this is how error parking works. So I'll tell the athlete or the client, whatever, see the mistake, whatever it is. Let's say in football, let's just football, dropping passes, right? Or receiver dropping passes. Every time you drop a pass, instead of getting, oh, man, why did I drop it? Man, I suck. See it as a fire. Now, you're the firefighter with a hose, and you extinguish that fire, which is you getting mad about dropping passes. So one of the reason we do this is because going back to how we talk about the neuron connections, right? Now you're making an actual neuron pattern in your brain that says, this is the problem, which is the drop passes. Yeah. This is the issue. I'm frustrated. I can't get it out of my head. But I'm visualizing an actual neuron pattern that says, wait, those drop passes on fire, boom, it's out. 
move on. So it's not about ignoring it. It's not about mm. just moving forward because a lot of people say, get over it. That's fine. Get over it. But we have to address it first. And the one thing with my energy going back to what I do is I make it tangible. One of my, my, my slogans is I make the intangible tangible. Thinking is not something you can grab. I can't grab your thought. I can grab your bicep. I can see how yeah. big that is, how strong that is, right? I yeah. can't do that with your brain. But if I can make ways to make it more tangible, so I can say, all right, he messes up with these and this is his response. Now I know where to trigger him or her. I'll put more stress on that because I know they mess up when people talk in here. I have a drill where they wear these headphones like this and do one of my cognitive tasks. And it's a voice of me literally talking all the trash that they hate. I'll ask, I'll do a full like diagnostic of, so do you have issues with your performance? Yeah, I hate it when people do this and this. You have an issue with your body image. Yeah, I feel like I'm overweight because I work with a lot of MMA fighters and yeah. making weight is important. So I have clients who will say, I think I'm fat and I can't make weight and don't really be beat up about this. So guess what's in that, that audio when they're doing my drill? I'm talking a lot. And I give them, hey, I got to go full in. Gotta, they're like, yeah. all right. I say some hurtful stuff. So it's like, <laughs> that's literally a way to get them adapted. So that's another technique that's called sledging. So you got just two yeah. free techniques on the house. So the first one, it's error parking, which is visualizing the actual mistake. It could yeah. be a fire. That's just one example. Or it could be a ball of piece of paper. Visualize yourself throwing it in the trash. But the goal is to take that irrational or irrelevant thought and disposing of it some way. It could be a fly, swat it. Get creative. That's the beauty with this. I get creative with it. I do all types of things. I actually have a way I do this with real time. I'll have like 20 pieces of paper balled up. And I'll do a drill. And when they really mess up, they'll take that actual piece, visualize the thought, throw it away. So now not only visualizing it, they're physically doing it. So that's error yeah. parking. The other yeah. one is called sledging. So think about it. We play football. You're a DB. See, we talk trash. And vice versa. We talk trash back. So it's like get acclimated to what you're going to hear. That's a problem I see a lot of coaches if you go the sport route. But you can apply this to anything in life. Most people don't train in the environment. When I say environment, I don't mean the setting. I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Environment. Yeah. Exactly. So if you're going to shoot free throws at the practice for a coach, I need 20 free throws for your lead. But it's quiet and chill. When is it going to be like that in the game? Or even a job interview. Use this in a job interview. I do this myself when I used to do job interviews. I was sit at an interview about three years ago with a big corporation, this addiction center that I had a potential to get a contract. It didn't pan out because the pandemic happened. Matter of fact, I should reach out to them again. It's been a while. But anyway, yeah. before the interview, I sat outside the office while I was waiting, slowing my breathing down because that lowers your heart rate. So that's another free tip. Slowing your breathing lowers your heart rate physiologically because you cannot be physiologically stressed and relaxed at the same time. That's a biological impossibility. And what I mean by that is if your heart rate increases, usually when you're stressed, you breathing, it slows it down by something called the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve says, if he's breathing slow, it tells your brain that he can't be stressed right now physically because fight or flight, right? You're that term. You can't yeah, yeah, be yeah. In fight or flight state if you're breathing slow. Right? Wow. Because of your fight, fight. Wow. Yeah. So that, that's biohacking, right? You're hacking your brain to say, you do that for about two, three minutes, your heart's going to slow down and be calm. Now, it doesn't mean your brain slows down, but what's a better uh, parameter to get your brain right? Where you're breathing hard and anxious or when you're calm and slow? Now, getting your brain right and your mind right, as I say, is dependent on what you do in your head. Yeah. But you need sure. to set the tone for it first. So those are three things I just indirectly, I don't know if you got on that. Error yeah. parking, disposing of thoughts, sledging, getting used to training in an environment where that's going to have the atrocities that you're going to hear, and then yeah. vagus nerve, breathing slowly to make your body physically relaxed. That's called the parasympathetic nervous system. You cannot be physically stressed and 
physically relaxed simultaneously. It's impossible because they work on two different energy systems or two, two different nervous systems. So by hacking your body, by slowing down that breathing, it tells your brain said he or she must be okay because if you're running for your life, you can't breathe slow. Think about that. Imagine you're running from a lion or a, a gunman yeah. or whatever it is. You're not going to be... It's impossible because you're literally trying to yeah. fight for your life. So your brain's saying, hey, if they're breathing slow, we got to be good. So what happens over time, like I said, you can practice this. You actually yeah. train your brain to lower that level quicker and quicker and quicker. So let's say you do that three to five minutes of slow breathing for a month. It's going to get to the point where when you get stressed, all you got to do is like two or three breaths and you're good. Because now your brain is wow. like the point where it knows like, oh, we're good. And I practice this myself. So I'm telling people, try this. It is like, just breathe. That's what people say. But do you actually practice it? Yeah. So that's that. There's that. Hey, so, yeah. man. So you that's, just that's talk, what I do. You just talk. You just talk. <laughs> hey. I wish I would, I mean, I wish I could have had you as as my sports psychologist or, or I remember going hey. to games, super anxious, uh, not really understand, understand our anxiety, but but knowing that, especially with Arena, because it was like, you know, I'm guarding the motion, and if I have a bad game, we're probably going to lose, not because, oh, I'm just so good, but because of the position I play. Like literally, it's like the quarterback of the defense. If the quarterback play bad, we're gonna lose. If the safety and arena play bad, we're gonna lose nine times out of ten. And so you just taught us a brain hat. And I and that's why I hope people watching this, I hope people, hey, people this, gotta that's go back. What I do. That's hey, people gotta go back and watch this and listen to what you just said, bro. A brain hat. Start the camera real quick. I'm gonna start the camera. Go ahead, dog. Go ahead. Hey, brain hack. My boy Nick D just taught us a brain hack, man. That that. You could trick your mind, your body. So if you're doing a job interview or you got this big performance and you nervous and you anxious, breathe slow in and out, which tells your brain, like you said, Nick, that we good. We ain't nervous. We good. Even though we know we are. But go ahead. So one more part. I, I, I should have put in that breathing part. So I'm yeah, sorry to slow your roll. So do about four seconds in. Hold at the top for about three seconds and do about five seconds out. So make the inhale shorter, the the um the hold shortest, and then the exhale longest. So that's important to do that. So in, in, inside four. Three, 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 three to four. Oh, hold three about in, two or three. Hold two or three. About, and then, and then exhale five. about five. Because so that's, that's about, I, that's about yeah. 11 seconds total. Yeah. Right. And, and do that for five. about two, three minutes once a day. And then once you get once better at it. Go about five minutes. And then when you get real yeah. good, ten minutes. That's harder. Ten minutes because now it gets monotonous. And but from from our perspective as as world or your world class, I didn't get to world yeah. class. But high level athletes you world class too though. Hey, I appreciate yeah. it. So high yeah. level athletes, you have to do the monotonous stuff. And this is okay. why what I do is important because a lot of people don't want to do this stuff because it is monotonous. Some of my tests are very boring. Those don't make the ground. The fun ones make the ground. But if you yeah. can see a session some of the stuff ain't that entertaining. Yeah. It got to be done. And that's why, like, if I name drop, one of my most claim to fame, I call him a client. Yeah, go ahead, name drop, because that's, that's what I was going Okay, he, he's become a friend of the family. He's come to my daughter's birthday. Justin Poirier. Like, I worked with him literally for five years. It'll be five years, September. Oh, wow. Wait, wait. Who they are, I huh? think today is the first day I worked with him in 2017, was September 22nd. I think so. I might be wow. wrong. It might be the 21st, but it's around this time. On the episode. Hey, so, yeah, so Justin Poirier. 
So this man, I say he's more than just a client. He's a friend of family now. This man, yeah. I, this man has become a good person in my life because not only did he believe in me, where I was at a transition in my life where I didn't know, what, like you heard some of the story, I didn't know what my next move was really going to be. I knew yeah, yeah, the sure. was mental training, mental health, mental performance. But I didn't know what that was going to look like. So when yeah. Dustin Poy, me and Phil done numerous podcasts, you see our, our grind together. And mm-hmm. I talked about this before, so I'm going to drop this again on your podcast. I hit up Phil on a random, I want to say Saturday, like, let's say September 18th. I don't know exactly. Yeah. It was around the time. Yeah. I was like, hey, Phil, man. And me and Phil, we had talked. It's like us. We always stay in contact. We may not talk every day, but we all stay in contact. So I hit up Phil. Yeah. I was like, if those of you don't know, I'm talking about a guy named Phil DeRue, who's our, our middle linebacker. Jeremy was strong safety. Yeah. I was outside slash safety. So all three of us played on the same like row, right? For that four. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, crazy. So, yeah, that four so, And then Wesley was the other side, right? The other middle. So basically, Phil was like, "Yeah, man, I was thinking about hitting you up on that mental training too, because I work with a guy Dustin Poirier." And I'm like, "Huh?" So I don't even know who he was. So I didn't follow MMA like that. So I was like, yeah. "Oh," it was like, "Come on in Monday." So Monday I had a class. So at this point, I was teaching at Broward College. I was still doing the addiction center stuff. So. I'm yeah, trying to pick yeah, yeah. work. I'm trying to get my life in order. And yeah. I had class or had classes from I wanna say ten AM to six PM. So Phil said come at twelve ish. I came by, did some drills. I said, yeah, let's do this. So he said ESPN not ESPN, Fox Sports will be here at six. I'm like, I got class. And I don't know if I, I, remember, I, I, I remember this. Oh, you remember this? All right, so, so I don't. So it's crazy. This story is crazy because I don't work for Brown College no more. So I can say it, it is what it is. So yeah. I got the class after I left Phil from American Top Team, which is a few miles away from Brown College. Luckily, I had a decision to make: worldwide notoriety or teach my class. Now, granted, college is a little different. You you went to college, and, and anyone who's been to college, professors cancel all the time. But I don't really cast like that. So yeah, yeah. I went to class. <laughs> I rushed there and I'm still well, shout yeah, out to Black Santa, hey, Miles hey, Amos. And I'm about to say, Amos, I got you. Hey, I got you coming <laughs> on here. Hey, I got I promise you, Amos, I got a slew of uh uh deal field people coming on. I got I got I'm telling you, I got probably like Cause I was like, man, you know what? I'm about to just go in straight deal for people. Um, so I got about like five, five of y'all that that's on the list, man. So, so I, I, I got you, Amo. But, uh, but yeah, that's hilarious, Amos. That's basically what he said. <laughs> but go ahead, Nick. It, hey. it is. Hey. So basically, I get to class. Minutes before students walking up, they're like, "What's going on?" I'm putting a tape and paper on the door saying class canceled. Yep. And I'm like out of breath because I'm running trying to get everything because I'm like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And yeah. entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, feel me on this because this may be a crazy story, but it'll make sense in a second. So I'm like, okay, this is my job. I get paid for this. Yeah. But how many times do you get to not only work with one of the best MMA fighters in the world, to be on worldwide television? And this is why it's important because you should not. Now, be mindful when you say no or don't say no, but don't say no to a lot. Say no to a minimal, but that makes sense. So anyway. At the time, my facility, you've been to this facility, the one that was in Boca at that warehouse. I run all the way back from Coconut Creek. For those who are not from South Florida, this is about a 25-minute drive. Hello, you, I, you ran? I, I ran or drove, but I oh, did man, run like... I'm like, I, I, hey, well, I was like, well, <laughs> you making the story real good. <laughs> but I, I drove Go from Coconut yeah. Creek to Boca. Yeah. It was about 20 minutes or so. And basically, I ran like every light. I ain't going to lie to you. Yeah. I, 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 
the glass. I broke laws. But how many times? So I got my equipment. Drove back to ATT. I get there. I meet Dustin. He's cool, dude. We hit it off. Do some drills. Cameras in my face. I mic'd up. That was September, right? That's about September now. Right now, 2017. Five years yeah. later. Here we are. So November. My birthday November 3rd. So November 3rd. This is where it just gets real and real. Mm-hmm. Me and Dustin. Phil was out of town. Out of country. He was in, I think, Russia. Or he was somewhere yeah. doing a webinar, a seminar. So it was just yeah. me and Dustin that day. He didn't do fitness. He just did me the mental, right? Yeah. So we talking. He's like, dang, Nate, what you got going on this weekend? I'm like, I don't know, man. It's my birthday today, and my family's actually waiting at the house to cut the cake and to eat pizza. It's like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. Because that's how much I wanted it. I didn't care yeah. it was my birthday. I literally left the house with yeah. like eight mad family members waiting for me to come back. I said, I'll be back in an hour or two. Yeah. So we yeah. sitting there chilling. He looked at me, and I'm like, I'm being real. I think that sold him like, I'm for real. This is not a just a gimmick. Not at face value, it looks like that. I got so much hate comments from that video because when it launched yeah. next week, the week after my birthday, it launched. I'm getting hit up with DMs. I'm getting mm-hmm. love. I'm getting hate. I'm getting racial yeah. slurs. Because mind you, this is UFC. This is the biggest fighting faction on the planet. There's other ones. Yep, that's when I had to challenge you, my man. But um, but basically, I was getting comments. <laughs> like, this, this, this is next level, man. We we need more fighters doing this. And then other people. Oh, this is nonsense. He's going to get knocked out doing this BS. So it's 50-50. Then I saw racial slurs. I'm like, and mind you, while I've been in the spotlight at a very mighty level, because you know I've already been on the scene, but it's never been yeah. worldwide. So I ain't yeah. going to lie. This is where my mental toughness had to come in, because I'm seeing all these comments. I see the good, but there comes the bad. I'm like, yeah. these people hate me. They don't even know me. And it's like, I can only imagine what celebrities go through. But anyway, yeah. so that came out. My doors get knocked on. And... The rest is history. Like, that risk I took. So, the point of that story was entrepreneurs risk-taking. Yeah. I could have said, you know what? My more steady income comes from this job. And I risked it. Because what if I got fired? I didn't. And luckily, no. most students are like, hey, no class. Yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah. That's not professional. I shouldn't have done that. I'm not going to commend my behavior because I have a duty to bear or had a duty. So, it's basically like, but I took a risk because I saw the vision. Like, what would this lead to? Because I didn't get paid to do that session. But I knew that chances, because a lot of people I say as entrepreneurs, they say, if I'm not getting paid immediately, why should yeah. I do it? As yeah. of right now, I still do pro bono things, if it makes sense, of course. But yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Sure. you got to look at the bigger picture. It's not necessarily you're doing free labor. You're building a relationship because Aetna Insurance, I told you before we got on the phone, right? I've been working with Aetna Insurance for four years now. Aetna Insurance is one of the largest insurance companies in the world. They've been around for forever, 100 years. I've been working them as a consultant, as a vendor, doing all types of work with my mental training, with the corporate contracts, with BSO, which is Broward Sheriff's Office, one of the largest police departments in the country. I got through them. I worked with Broward School Board. I worked with City of Miramar, City of North Miami. The list goes on. I got all this yeah. because this story. I got DM from a girl. I ain't gonna lie, I was trying to holler at her. <laughs> trying to shoot shot? She didn't want none of that, and that's fine, but she shifted yeah. to, this thing you're doing with this training is interesting. You want to come to my job? Uh, I, I think you could be good for it. I'm like, okay, but like, we already spent our budget, though. So I was like, sure, why not? Yeah. I go there. Everyone's on my table doing everything. A few months later, I get a call. Hey, I was at that event you did with Aetna. We met briefly. Uh, do you want to do a bit, blah, blah, blah? I did it. Paid gig. And I've literally done that for the last four years. So that yeah. free labor became 
a paid gig that became contracts consistently. During the pandemic, where everything was shut down, I was doing webinars for them for Broward Health Hospital, Broward School, BSO. So it's like, if I said no, and I, that's like the epitome of my journey, you got to understand that it's not going to come. People want to win before they work, but you got to put the work in before you win. And that's just how, I, don't, I don't care how, I don't care how hard it is because my big thing is I will never tell someone not to do entrepreneurship. Shout out to Parker. Oh, my God. Yeah, a, hey, got my dog. Hey, Park, Park on there, too. Park, Park, hey, Park up there. <laughs> hey, he on deck. Hey, my dog on deck. This, hey. this is a star-studded uh, cast you got yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah, coming through. Hey, Dilfin coming through. Hey, for real. Um, uh, you feel me? So, yeah, so basically, I guess the main idea is, like, that work is unavoidable. And I know it's cliche, but I'm not going to lie to you. There was times, I won't get into too much detail. We'll save that for the yeah. biopic. <laughs> but anyway, so there was times where I was doing all this, and I was sleeping in a the car. There was times when I didn't know my meal was coming, and I got a child to feed. So it's like, these are things that weren't easy. And I had to say to myself, okay, do I want to stick to this? So it wasn't about do I want to make money or grow my business. It was like, is this vision that I have is truly what I want to do? Because with my skill set, I could have went back to the school board. At this point, yeah, for sure. I had years of teaching at the college level now. But I could have been like, you know what? I got to do it. And I'm not going to say that's the right or wrong choice because both choices come with their ups and downs. Because the ups of going back to school board would have been consistent paycheck, benefits, and that's why I said pick your poison because going where I was at with Mind Body One, at this point now, I work with military. I was getting contracts. But the thing is, this industry is not full blown yet. So I'm kind of a yeah. front runner now. So it's like yeah. everything I'm doing, people are watching. And like, yeah. okay, let's watch what Nick does. And when they see me, like I heard this on a movie. I forget what it was, but it was a good saying. They said, the first one through the wall is gets the bloodies. And that was me. I bust yeah. through that wall. And I'm like, I'm here. Let's make this mental training happen. But I'm all bloodied up while everyone else behind me, while the debris flying away. It's like, is it good, Nick? Is it good? Yeah, 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 come yeah, on. yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I would bring people on and like, hey, and then I'd say I got screwed over sometimes. But yeah. at the end of the day, my main point was, was the vision what I was trying to build worth the struggle? Because struggle is inevitable, whether it's monetary yeah. struggle, whether it's family. You know some of this struggle. I right. hate to say it. I've lost numerous friends. And I it almost makes me want to cry aside because it's like, these are people I call, like you, people I trust as brothers that I don't even talk to no more. And I have no ill will to any of them. It's like yeah. three or four of them. Yeah. And, I, it, I, and I, I think, you. I'm a heavy thinker going back to the mental health segment. I'm not yeah. heartless. Like, as a man, I got to be strong and tough. But end of the day, I got emotions. We, we got like, emotions. Like, we got feelings. This guy is no longer in my life. And I consider him like a brother or a best friend or whatever it is. And this yeah. is what, and all I got to say is, this is sad but true. Not everyone's meant for the journey. It's just what it is. Because at the end of the day, I've had friends who it did work out with the business, but we still talk every day or every other day or every yeah. other month, whatever. And I got people who it didn't work out and will never talk ever. And yeah. on my end, there's no beef. I've had to make amends. Some of them I've called. And we've yeah. had conversations and it ended with yeah. just like, we cool and that's it. And yeah. some, I know they're probably going to hate me for a long time, if not to the day I die. And it sucks, but that's 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 sadly what. And I'm not saying that as an entrepreneur, you're going to have people hating you, but you're going yeah. to have to do things because if you get back to psychology of it, there's a personality trait in psychology called agreeableness. So agreeableness means your ability to be cohesive in a group, take direction, follow orders, and fall in line. So guess what an entrepreneur needs? Not that you have to be the opposite of agreeableness. But the problem is with high agreeable or low agreeableness is 
you're gonna have a lot of this. Yeah. So yeah, I can work in teams no problem, but as an entrepreneur, there's gonna be times where you gotta be like, nah, you you gotta go on the back burner. You gotta stand down. You're the subordinate, and that's not really my personality. But I had to be that guy, and I think that's why some of those friendships fell out because they know Nick D or yes. Mr. Mr. Muscle, but they didn't know Nicholas yeah, Alexander. Yeah, exactly. That's why I yeah. think me and Phil work so well together because we're both similar in that respect. That it's not like he's higher, I'm lower. I'm higher, he's lower. It's like he has his lane, I have my lane, and we complement each other like that. Because on the other side of things, with those people I'm mentioning, it was more so. I was here, they were here, and it's like, they just fell under. And it's like, why are we doing yeah. this? And that's yeah. it sucks that it went that way. So as an entrepreneur, make sure whoever you bring on, and this is something I've learned through lots of time here, make sure whoever you bring on, whether it's, I don't care if it's a close friend or a stranger, make sure they have a skill set that not only adds to what you're doing, but is yeah. different from what you're doing. Because I have a 10-year plus or 15-year experience in the mental health, mental performance field. I don't need to bring anyone else who has that. I need to bring in someone who knows finance. Or I need to bring in someone who knows yeah, marketing. Yeah, 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 need, yeah, yeah. And that's the mistake I kept making. I kept trying to bring in people who had none of those skills and said, hey, be a me junior. Nick, be a Nick junior. And it's like, as an entrepreneur, you can't be a micromanager. You're going to yeah, fail yeah. because, one, people hate being bossed around versus being like, hey, this is the objective. Carry it out. That's what it should be. Yeah. There's a difference between, hey, do this versus, Hey, Johnny, um, so the market campaign you're working on, we need to make sure it, it gets to this demographic. It needs to be over two months, and we have a $15,000 budget versus, no, do it like this. Do it like You know what I mean? So that's yeah. that balance that a lot of entrepreneurs, when they start building their team, they don't really get into. And you got to have that when you start bringing people in. Yeah. Nah, and, and, and your story, bruh, is... Uh... It's so relatable to mine in the sense of just like you've been in your groove, you know what I mean? Like, um, you've been in your groove and been working with Dustin Poirier and UFC, um, lightweight champ and and uh Timberland and 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 BSO and so 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 many groups and so many amazing people, um, uh, to name and the ones I did name, and I see myself feel like i'm hitting that stride and 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 you know working with this company or or working being brought in to speak to these people but the grind is real you know what i'm saying and and, and when you say that people want to win before they work is so important is it, that's that's real where there will be times many times even now like i say i do stuff it, like you say it gotta make sense i have no I ain't gonna say I got don't have no problem doing something free, but yes, obviously I want to be compensated. But if I do it for free, there there's a reason, right? And 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 betting on yourself. I want my young adults to know bet on yourself. Like I remember when I left Arena, right? Um, right before the season started, I chose not to go back. My homeboy Brutus that was in a wedding. He was like, mm -hmm. "Bro, you the only dude I know that held out in Arena football. Like they did a holdout." <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, bro, I said, I said, uh, I said, bro, I ain't think about it, but you right. But I had to bet on myself because I was like, hey, I could keep playing arena and do well and get picks. And but I want to go to the league. And so I went to do my pro day for the second time. Now, did I make it to the league? No. But that idea of betting on myself is something that I do now is 
bet on myself, take risks, take challenges, calculate a risk. You get what I'm kind of saying? Um, but there's power in that, bro. So, so no, I don't fault you for, for, for turning down that, uh, well, for counseling class and, and going to speak <laughs> on Fox Sports, um, on Fox, uh, because, hey, you don't pass up opportunities like that. And, 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 as a re- and, and even if nothing ever happened from that, you still did the right thing. Um, but but amazing things have happened, and and you live in a dream. And I know that you're you're going to the to the top, man. And, and so with that, as we start to wind down, man, I got a few more kind of questions. But man, what's what's next? For, what's next for Nick D, man? And and my body one, like what's next, dog? Like what, what, funny, what what's next for you? So it's funny you ask that because with um the business, so many things I do. Like someone asked me at the event I did with Etna, there is like they wanted to bring me in for another event. It's a completely yeah. different thing. And they're like, so do you do this and this? I'm like, well, actually, I do all that you just mentioned. So the next phase, I, I'm, you know the Marvel uh, Universe, how they have the MCU? Yeah. So I'm kind of making a, a Mind Body One universe. So I got mm-hmm. a whiteboard right over there with a bunch of stuff jotted all over. So yeah. I got my courses that I already have. So I have a course right now called Foundations of Cognitive Conditioning. So that's basically how to learn how to do at the basic level of what I do with my clientele to actually yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's a B2B. So remember, people listen yeah, to business that business. for other yeah, business. Yeah. So yeah. I sell that mostly probably exclusively to practitioners. So that's physical therapists, uh, teachers, sport coaches, fitness coaches. So they take that and they can apply it to whatever population. So right now we've got two more coaches in the work. One's going to be more so for um, how to do what I do full on. So when you take that course, it's going to be a little more pricier, but when you take yeah, it, you're going to make it back because my business, the reason I do so well is, like I explained some of my backstory, I have a background in clinical psychology, cognitive psychology, sports psychology. I'm a fitness and strength coach. I'm a former athlete. So it's like, those actually help me design these courses because I'm not going to toot it, but I'm going to toot it. A lot of people, they don't really have a, not necessarily a diversity, because you don't have to have every background, but it's like, yeah. you got to be able to walk in both worlds. So I've, I've spoken in front of a room full of PhDs, so I have a master's, respect, but everyone in the room had a higher degree than me, and they're hanging on every word. But yeah. I also can go to a, a, a Little League football coach and to seven-year-olds and that's make dope. this make sense for them, too. And that's where my superpower is. Like, I, I tell this to every contract, because I'm very relatable. You know me from my whole, pretty much sure, my whole life, because... Sure. 14 years when you start finding yourself, you really? Yeah. Like everything before that is just fun and living. But you met me at 14, so yeah. that's what became who I am. And it's like, I've always been that guy. My superpower is I can take an information, apply it to whatever demographic. I've never served in the military, but yet I have soldiers on my clientele list. I've never been a police. Mm. Granted, my dad is, but yeah. same thing. I've never been a world-class soccer player, but I work with. So my job is to say, can I make this make sense for you? If you're a police... Yeah. Here's mental training for that. If you're a, a sixth grade teacher, you need to help your kids be able to retain information better. I got something for that. So the next phase is building those courses so we can train those people. Also, I mentioned to you before we got on the phone, the yeah. app. The app is going to change the game because as of right now, from a business standpoint, I work with a lot of different companies and I use a lot of different softwares. And a lot of people message me and they'll say, what app are you using? And I'll say, I'm using dot, dot, dot. Yeah. They'll go and then they're using that app. So guess what just happened, entrepreneurs? I gave away money. So making yeah, yeah, yeah. is very is very expensive. So it's not like I can just snap my finger. But the point is, that's the next phase in the, the Mind Body One universe. So the courses, the app. Mm-hmm. So 
Now, people don't have to outsource to other companies to do my methods. They get my methods from the courses. Yep. They get my app to do the methods. And then yep. also, I, I'm making something for B2C. So I've straight away from B2C a little bit. I still work with some of my clients face-to-face. -face, yeah. But most of my business lately has been organizational and other businesses. So back to B2C. So this one's going to be big. It's called Mind, Body, Oneness. So how this works is, I took the curriculum that I used to teach because I made a curriculum for Broward College to my yep. students. So it covers physical wellness, mental wellness, emotional wellness, nutrition, all that. So you'll pay a fee, either a one-time fee for full lifetime access, or you pay a small fee, but it's monthly recurring. But either yep. way, you pay that fee, you got access to all the modules to learn how to be healthier from all those different components, and then you'll get curated training plans for all of it, mental, physical, emotional, nutrition. And this is something that was for the client. This is for someone who's an everyday user. Because right now, on Facebook, we got thousands of people that follow us that went to school with us. And right now, they can't really use a lot of my stuff. Not because they don't yeah. want to. It's because yeah. it's not their market. So now it's time to seize that market. So going back to those streams of revenue. I still do okay. my consulting. So I still come in. I go to an organization. Say, hey, we need our help with dot, dot, dot. So if yeah. the military, okay, we want to program that allows them to be physically exerted to the maximal limits underwater, but still think. That's not an example. I've actually done that. So I work yeah. with a, a, a naval special warfare group, and yeah. I did something unrelated, but the, the, one of the people were like, did you make a program for our underwater training? Because with naval special warfare group, you're talking about people like Navy SEALs and things like that. These are the, the elite elite. And they're yeah. like, you make drills that you can do underwater because their literal training is called drown proofing, where they have to learn how to perform underwater and not die you actually could die doing this training so it, it's very intense so yeah. i made drills where they had to do like some of my cognitive and mental performance while underwater so just give you an idea right so, yeah 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 so this is the next wave creating all these things where i could add these methods and be a resource so i guess sum all that up with this it'd be a resource so think how amazon has everything for general shopping tools yeah. equipment anything walmart same thing I'm going to be that, not rephrase, I am that for the mental performance field. You're going to come to my life if you need equipment. Exactly. If you need equipment, you come here. You need that software apps, you come here. You need the training and education for courses, you come here. Like they used to say, remember I used to be a history teacher, I love history just in general. They used to say the sun never sets on the British flag. I've been in six continents, not physically, but my methods have. I've had purchases in six continents. Except Antarctica. We're working on Antarctica because you know why? Antarctica has 400 researchers from numerous countries. So it's possible. So I didn't get that seven. 35 countries. And the crazy thing about it is, for those dreamers out there, I've actually never left U.S. soil. That's that's still on my to-do list. But talk think about talk, A young black man from Deerfield Beach, Florida, product of this, I made it pro without having to catch a ball. Not saying you can't do that. That's not what I'm saying. Because obviously that was my dream at one point. But I just want, and I keep pushing this narrative because I'm a part of the HBCU, we young black men, for our young black boys. It's not saying don't do it because we both used our athletic ability to take us far. For sure, like, for I'm, sure. I'm so thankful and grateful that I was able to see and do the things I've done. I remember yeah. the first time on playing was with you and Phil and Dave and all, and yeah, Miles. Yeah, yeah, going to Rutgers. With the, going to Rutgers. I couldn't have done that if I wasn't a top-tier athlete. We couldn't have done that if we weren't top-tier yeah. athletes. So I will never discount that. Yep. But at the same time, though, an athlete, I always say, an athlete is who you are, or what you are, not who you are. So yeah. an athlete is what you are, not who you are. Meaning, yeah. you do this, this is your job, this is your ability, 
But at the end of the day, you take that athlete hat off, and you're Nicholas, you're Jeremy, you're Miles, yeah. you're Tommy, whatever, you're Lisa. And that's yeah. something from, that's my sports site who's talking. Because, let's be real, we both dealt with this. Your identity yeah. gets intermingled, and now you think, I had a bad day in a game, but now I'm bad as a person. Like, no, you missed two tackles, don't mean you, you need to go home and beat yourself up. But at the yeah. same time, you do need a level of athletic identity, because yeah. you can't be like, I don't care if we lose. That, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, we get yeah. to the point where your physical, the personality is indistinguishable from who you are as a person and an athlete. That's when we have a problem. That's why I want parents, athletes of all levels to understand. Once you can't distinguish the two, like if your friend circle is only athletes, that's a problem. We both have a yeah. lot of friends that are athletes. We have friends that are other sports. We also have people that weren't athletes. And that's that's how it's supposed to be. You can't because what happens when the season's over? Are you lonely now? Probably because all your friends they die in season. You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah, there's yeah. things I, I don't know how I got on this, but I guess that goes into the, the MB1 universe too, because I call that mindset management. So that's a whole other branch of the MB1U. I'm about to say into you. I'm not I'm not Stan Lee, I'm Nick D, but the my body one you. Oh I, I used to I, I guess I just rhymed a little bit there. But the rapid days are over. No no bars no more. <laughs> no. Nah. Nah, for sure, man. And so, I lied. There is. Mind Body One Studios. Mind Body One Studios is on the list too. So I lied. Hey, you said you got the whole universe, bro. And everything you said, bro, it just sounds like to me like an echo from like my sentiment, man. I just I did a I posted it, man, an article I did while I was blessed to be in, and and I talked about that how when you're younger as an athlete. You're you're learning who you are as a person, while simultaneously, um, your identity as an athlete is getting tangled and tied around who you are as a person. And so then, all of a sudden, when you stop doing whatever you stop doing, uh, whether it's a sport, playing an instrument, or whatever, when you get older, now you like trying to figure out who am I without this sport, bro. And so that's so powerful that you said that. Like, congrats with all your success, bro. Um, Man, you you killing the game, bro, and uh, and and it's just so crazy because the different things that you have done make make you who you are, and you, and bro, like don't don't ever hold back because I know you you have humility, right? Um, and you have humility with dignity and humbleness with pride. So I know that you're not one that's going around and bragging. But you're actually saying, no, this is who I am. This is what I offer. And I know I'm good at this because I have experiences. And, and I can relate to that, bro. And, and my, my coach said this about me. He said, I, and I never said this about myself until he, I heard him say this. He was like, bro, you got a quiet confidence. And I was like, he was like, I could, he, and he said this while watching film. He said, I could see your quiet confidence. Nice. And I'm like, dang. And, that, and, and that's so true because I'm not one that's, going around bragging, da, 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 right? But I got a confidence knowing, like, hey, bro, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, my voice is my superpower. You know what I'm saying? It is. I, really. I, I, I know I could go teach. I know I could teach teachers, and I could teach kids, and I can go and teach a, a, a school and implement a program that I own. And so when I'm listening to you, bro, I am looking, listening to myself. And so to see the heights that you at, it's only inspiring me, bro, and, and letting me know what is to come for me. Not in your lane, like that's your lane, but I'm talking about course, in my own lane because it's like, hey, that's my dog. Like, like, and I see so many similarities in myself that I see in him. And I know we both got that work ethic, crazy work ethic, 
that we don't quit, we don't give up. And uh, and, and so, man, I'm, I'm going to do two things. So I'm a, I want you to tell this story for me because I shared it on my podcast a lot. You probably know what story I'm about to say. And then I want you, then I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask me a question and then you can close it out. So uh, we trained down there with Pastor Peterson. We're at Class B, right? Uh, down there with Pastor Peterson Sr. Everybody know Pastor Peterson, the great, one of the greatest DBs to play from Broward to LSU. That's why number seven is so famous at LSU is because of uh, Pastor Peterson. And so while training out there, who came and watched us train, dog? So, yeah, I was out there helping as an intern with Pastor Peterson's dad, Pat Sr., and J.K. was getting ready for the uh, combine or the pro day. And, yeah, Deion Sanders, I think Phil Sims was there as well, and a few other correspondents for ESPN. So I'm about a foot or two away from, from prime time. J.K. was guarding everybody, locking them down. There's some other notable names out there, too, like Terrell Pryor, Tyree Matthew, some other names that were, like, like smaller schools. But either way, everyone out there could ball. So J.K. is out there locking people down. And I hear, he said, that boy can ball. And he straight up, like, this. think about it. There's no, like, lead up to this. So it's not like he was pre-recommended to Dion. He knew who JK was. It was straight up, like, he was just raw watching him do what he does best. And since I watched him do this since, what, 2003, for, so like, at that point, eight years, and I know he did it when he was even younger, it's like, I knew it, but it's like, this is a, a raw, unedited filter from Dion prime Tom Sanders watching a guy playing a similar position. Think about this. Like, I don't think people understand the magnitude of that, to say him saying that. The fact that it was unsolicited was cool, but the fact that the guy who said it has literally revolutionized that position. Re- revolutionized sports in a sense, because he played two sports yeah, at the same time. Sure. Pros. And he said that about you, and I'm like, wow. What, 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 what he said, what he said, Nick? He said, that boy can ball. Like, he... He straight up was, it wasn't like an assumption of, is he talking about JK? It's like, no, because every time you stepped up, you would go against Packers, even though Packers DB, he would go on receiver sometimes, guard the actual receivers as well, obviously. And it's like, you were bringing, it was maybe like three or four other DBs, and I would say you stepped up probably the most of any of them. So it was inevitable that it was, or undeniable that it was you he was talking about. And it was like, like to hear him say that, and I remember he came back to the, to the car, who was riding the car. Yeah, yeah, it, it was like, like, yeah, this, this is the the guy said this about this. So it's like, it's not even like a starstruck moment. It's just the fact that one of the best to ever do it. Like, you can throw out all kinds of titles, but I definitely know his name will be mentioned in the top five, regardless of who you think is the best of best. He's in the top five for sure. And he said that for sure. So, and I appreciate don't you get, that story. I used to say it, I said all the time, right? But now I got a person <laughs> that actually told me, and, but, but the and even more is, so because yeah. I know. Because, you know, when it's a story about you, you're going to remember, like, everything, right? So I remember, the, and I hold on to this, bro, when when it's times where I'm like, dang, I ain't make it to the league. Dang, I ain't make it to the NFL. I think about when we got in the car, you said, hey, bro, Dion said this about you. He said that. He was like, hey, who that kid is right there? He was like, hey, hey he plays safety. He was like, hey, he could start at safety right now in the league. Like, this is what you told me in the car, that Dion Sanders said this about me. So though I never made it to the league, bro, I hold on to that because the best to ever do it, see me train. And that was his uh, analysis of me that that guy right there could play in the league. 
And, and, and so, bro, I hold on to that. And so I knew when I was having you on, I, I got to have my dog <laughs> say this story because people might be thinking I'm lying, but that's something that I hold on. So, so though God didn't bless me to play in the NFL, but he blessed me to hear that. And sometimes being validated by your peers, even though he ain't my peer, but I'm just saying, sometimes being validated <laughs> by somebody. You're a pro athlete, is, so he was definitely is, a peer. Nah, you're right. So sometimes being validated by somebody is more valuable um, than even getting there, in a sense. Now, of course, if I would have made it, yeah, I would have made it. But the fact that I didn't, God allowed me to get that validation. So I hold on to that, bro. So lastly, man, hey, I allow all my guests to ask me a question, bro. Oh, Any question oh. about this, about, man, when we was jits oh, in school. Man. Hey, whatever, ask away, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. one question. So one question, I feel like I use my kind of flexibility now. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious because I watched the podcast the other day that you did, and I actually am curious to this question, but it's not that like hard even though. What do you think? What, what direction can I go with this? No. No, hold on. What you said? Say it again. I said I have a question because I watched one of your podcasts and it wasn't as like hearted. I know we've been kicking and catching up. But it's like it's actually an interesting question because after watching it, it, it made me think of something because you you closed it and I guess I give you context. It was the one you did about meeting your father by accident. Okay, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I meet my father by accident. accident. Yeah, okay. So this is going the mental health side. So I guess I'll, I'll talk it back over there. So yeah. I guess my question would be because I remember you mentioned about how like there's things like similarities that you even realize and like you never even met this guy and there's like. The whole amalgamation of like, I'm not explaining it, but I guess I'll ask the question like, or ask the question like this: Do you feel that having that, not having him around, was fuel, or was it irrelevant? Like, what was that in regards to your grind, not just with sport, but just becoming the man you are? Do you think that that was something that, if it did happen that way, do you think that it would have changed things, like far as your grind and effort? I say you would have been lazy, but like, do you feel that that lack thereof was something that you built on? And now, as a, a father yourself, as a performer in your business, and as an athlete, all the above, do you think yeah. that that you could say, I don't use the word positive because obviously yeah. that's hard to do with. I can't imagine, but it, it, it gave the influence because it's something that you know it does affect you. Okay, um, so I would say as a kid, so. I, and I was just talking to somebody about this today, like, so as a father, no, I don't, I don't, look, I didn't, I have a father, right? And so as far as a father in my life, no, I didn't need him for that, right? I didn't need him for that. Um, now, as far as having the person that played a part in why I'm here, knowing that part of me, Right, just having like if he was present in the sense of me and me being able to ask questions to him and 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 and, and learn about what runs in our family and different things like that. Yeah, that's valuable, right? Even as an adult today, I need that information. Um, so as a kid, I don't think him if he was in my life, it would have motivated me to to work harder. Um, because my dad, like my father, my stepfather, but my dad, who I refer to. He, he put that in. He put that work in. I always do extra work. So I, I work hard. So I didn't, I didn't, I had the motivation as a, as a kid in, in athletics. 
as a man, as a father, though, I think his absence does motivate me because I still think today, how do you wake up every day and there's your, uh, you have a child in this world that you have no relationship. That blows my mind. As I'm saying that right now, that blows my mind. I, I don't get it. I don't know how I can wake up and go to work or do whatever I do and know that I have a kid in this world and I have no relationship with. So so that blows my mind, but I use it as motivation to say, look, I'm gonna be, I'm oh, I'm gonna be the best husband I could be, I'm gonna be the best father I could be, I'm gonna be present in my son and daughter life. And and I know that there's something that God put in me that I gotta give my kids. Like for instance, right? So I'm gonna just say this. Now, I didn't make it to the league. There are some things that I didn't do on my part that could that I could have did to help my chance, right? But this this is what I'm saying, right? So I, I hold myself accountable. But my 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 biological father had an NFL workout. I had a NFL workout. We both made it to the same level. Now, if somebody makes it to a level, that's something they learn. Am I right? Right? Something you learn. Just all that advice you just gave. Like you said, you ran through the brick wall, you bloody, but everybody else following your footsteps. So if you make it to this point, there is something that you could share with me as your son that I could have did left, I could have did right, I could have did different, that maybe I get over that hump if you were there to give me what you learned. But because you went through it and that don't have no relationship with me, it's almost as if you never went through it because you never got to pass it on. Because what we go through in life ain't even just for us. That is for others in our lives. It's for our kids. It's the people that we teach. It's for people that's listening to this podcast. So... As a kid, no, I don't think I him being present would have motivated me more or less. Um, I had that motivation from my dad. But as a man, as a father, as a husband, yeah, bro, that motivated me, dog. That motivated me to not be him, but to be present. Um, because I know what it is to wake up and not I don't have a relationship with no killer man. There ain't no killer man in this world I got a relationship with that I can look and say, that's oh yeah, that's my you know, that's my grandfather. I, you know, my mom that uh father passed away i don't even know if my biological father dad is alive or not i have i don't even know if he had brothers so i don't know no other killer man so that right there when we talk about identity and mental like the identity of me as a man as a killer man not having anybody to resonate with like that stuff right there i'm like dang bro so that's why i named my son jerry because i wanted him to grow up and to be able to that's my mini me because i wasn't able to be a mini me but he's able to look and say and that's my dad. I get my walk from him. I get this from him. I get my big head from him. You know what I'm saying? Whatever <laughs> the case may be. But um, that that's why, bro. But uh, but hey, that's a good question, bro. Hey, yeah, you got me thinking. Look at that. Hey, that's, that's that. My, my yeah. For the side cat, man. So hey, I know I didn't have you on here long enough, dog. I want you to just close us out. Tell people where they can follow you. Tell people, um, yeah, just man, briefly, just tell people where they can follow you, dog. And, um, and 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 just give words of encouragement to the young adults out there that that are thinking about entrepreneurship, man, and um, and what it is that they're gonna need to 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 see it through, um, to make it the heights like you are, and, and as you go to higher heights. So yeah, you can find me on 
all platforms at Mr. Mental Muscle. That's my personal page, but it's still my business page because I post all my content there. There's the actual Mind Body One Instagram as well, but uh, I need to get back on that more frequently. But anyway, those are where you can find me as far as Instagram, Twitter. Now, as far as like more deeper content, I have a YouTube page as well with uh, I call it the Mental Breakdown, where you can learn different mental training, mental life skills through different popular. Like I did one on Manti Teo, where I broke down his story, but explained how it resonates with just general populations and how you can learn from it. That's what the Mental Breakdown channel is for. So that's on YouTube. I just started a short form podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, called the Think Fast Podcast. It's only three minutes, three minutes or less. So I literally. My premise is to get you quick sound bites. So that one is just starting, but it's pretty cool because it's not that long, but you still get a lot of information from it. So recap, Mr. Mental Muscle, The Mind Body One, The Mental Breakdown, and Think Fast Podcast. So a little bit over the place, but depending on what you want from me, I got something for you. I guess that's the big end point. So yeah, and for the entrepreneurs out there, simple thing I can say to you, figure out what the vision is. When I say vision, where does the end goal look like and what are the processes to get to the end goal? So you need both. You need the outcome, which most people got. The outcome is easy. I want to be dot, dot, dot. I want to be here. But what are the processes? Once you figure those out, it's just a matter of configuring that and alternating your pattern or path to you get there, really. Because it's never going to be linear. It's going to be cumulative, meaning ups, downs, left, right, back, forward, all added together to get that final outcome. So, yeah. Man, hey. If y'all need, we all got to get better at our mental health, man. You see, see, I got to use, I got to talk to my dog more because I can, I can, he really blessed me on, on this podcast and I know this is a friend of mine, so I can hit him up and, 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 and get some good, good stuff for my mind, for my mental state. And so, man, if y'all out there, um, you got a company, you yourself, a team, man, you looking for somebody, man, to get that mind right, right? Because that's, hey, that's, that's the topic today, man, right. power of the mind. All right. Hey, man. Hey, I'm telling y'all, y'all need to replay this episode. Y'all need to go and share it to, to so many people, man. We had great comments on here, man. People hearting like crazy. Uh, Parker say he proud of us. Uh, hey. Jamal in the wedding um, say, man, hey, can't be afraid of failure. Uh, failure equals lessons, man. Got so much love, dog. So, hey, God bless you and your family, man, your amazing daughter, uh, your parents, your brothers, man. And, uh, hey, Hey, everybody, continue to wake up, striving to win on purpose, be intentional about winning. Y'all have a blessed day, man. I'll talk to y'all later, man.